Welcome back to the Rugby Pod podcast. Coming up on the show, we gauge the response from Warren Gatlin being appointed again as the Lions coach. We find out why Jim Hamilton got an off apology from referee JP Doyle. We review the premiership, the good, the bad and the ugly. We find out what Andy Good has made of the last week of the news. The All Blacks coach, Steve Hansen, find out how we use him to prank Andy and Jim. It's all coming up in the show. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome back to the Rugby Pod podcast. We're now ranked 23 in the most listened to sport podcasts in the UK. So uh, for our older listeners, we're the Michael Jordan of podcasts. And for the younger listeners, we're the LeBron James. LeBron. <laughs> yeah. We're never far away from controversy, um, either covering it or causing it. And that's probably more Jim more than anything. He's not here today. So, um, And in the case of controversy, Warren Gatland, I just want to quickly have a chat to you guys about that because he's been named as the uh, the Lions coach, Goody. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's controversial or was it to be expected? I just can't believe I didn't get the job. You know, <laughs> There's a lot of Twitter love out there and just an oversight, I think. Um, but no, listen, for Warren Gatton to get the job, it was the worst kept secret, secret in rugby, wasn't it? Mm. You know, he, there's pictures of him that came out the day before taking, having a picture done, sorry, with the Lions shirt on. <laughs> listen, last two tours, he was the head coach for the Australia tour, which was successful. Uh, he was assistant coach on the South Africa tour, which was nearly successful, had it not been for Owen Nogara. Um, don't want to say that out loud. Good lad. Um, he just shouldn't have tackled him in the air, should he? Back in, was it 09? Let year. it go. <laughs> Let it go, mate. Um, but he was the obvious choice, wasn't he? I think Joe Schmidt wanted to have a dig at it. Um, that's what he was holding out for. And then obviously Warren got the call. Joe Do you Schmidt's think Joe now... Schmidt might still get a shout because he's going to be around with Ireland until 2019? Well, he's re-signed with Ireland, but I yeah. think, because he didn't get the Lions job. from from he, Potentially from the, the, the people you speak to, the sources around the game. Do I think he'll... Uh, I think Gatland will look for... He won't look for a big character like that. I think people like Gregor Townsend might have a shout um, to run the attack. You know, he's been unbelievably successful with Glasgow and the brand of rugby that they play. For a Scottish team to play that way is fantastic because, you know, we all know, as Jim knows, the Scots aren't great at rugby. Um, so for him to produce what he's produced as Glasgow head coach and his sort of history on the Lions tour, you go back to the 97 tour when he played at 10, didn't he? When Jerry dropped the goal in South Africa. We, um, Jim's not here, by the way, if you're, if you're listening to well, this. We can just what, abuse him. Yeah, if you're where wondering where he actually? Uh, what happened? Is, his train crashed? or what? what no, happened? there's, there's someone on the tracks. That is annoying. But we'll, we'll actually, we'll get the full story off him when he dials in. Absolutely. He's calling us later on. Um, you mentioned Joe Smith maybe staying around now. What's the chat around that? He's re-signed, I think, to 2019 now. He's yeah. re-signed um, to the next World Cup. He's yeah. committed to the next yeah. World Cup. There was so, some talk of him going back to New Zealand. Yeah. I think that was more for family reasons rather than wanting to actually leave Ireland. And, and it'd be interesting to know if he was invited for an interview because when you look at Gatlin's record at Wales and when he went down for the, uh, the tour recently, he lost the aggregate score over the four games, including a game against the Chiefs, was 161 to 46 including an embarrassing loss against the Chiefs. And if you think about that, he's been in charge since 07. That team is as good as it's going to get. I mean, that's got his handprints all over it. I think that's te- that team is as good as it was a couple of years ago. I don't think it, I, don't, I think it's on the decline in a massive way. And, and Wales rugby hasn't got the depth to replenish it like other nations probably do. I think the best we saw from Wales was maybe at the 2011 Rugby World Cup. And the the game against, I mean, you can't excuse the game against the Chiefs, but I think uh, the way that they performed against the All Blacks, I think most teams, uh, in England included, um, would have come up a long way short as well. And where are you from? From New Zealand, thank okay, you. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a Kiwi the, talking about uh... the Kiwis. What a surprise. <laughs> they are bloody good, though, so there we go. If you're looking at the options to, to captain the Lions team, apart from Gareth Anscombe, um, what, what other options do you have to captain the Lions? The way I look at it, it's uh, at the minute, and, and it changes the way the rugby season goes, and a week in rugby is a long time, but if you're going to name two contenders right now, possibly three, my two contenders would be uh, Sam Warburton. Uh, Warren Gatlin's got a huge history with him. He was... Captain on the last Lions tour, he was. Um, he's been his captain for Wales since day dot, I think, pretty much. Um, so you know he's an obvious candidate. I think you can also have a little look at Dylan Hartley. 
Um, you know, he's obviously England captain at the minute. He's uh, also from New Zealand. So yes, he's a option. Kiwi. He's a Kiwi. So there's you know there's another Kiwi coach there. and captain. Um, you know, obviously England are Grand Slam champions. I repeat, England are Grand Slam champions. Um, he's the captain of that team. You know, and then you so that for me they'd be currently the main front runners. But then you look at outside options uh, and people. You know, Lions year. There's always a few surprises. You know, of people that get on the tours and 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 you know sometimes people look at previous tours. Martin Johnson was a bit of a surprise choice as captain in '97 um, in South Africa, and people are now comparing Mara Toji to him and sort of saying he could be the guy to lead. You know, he hasn't lost a game he's ever started, so just pick him for every test. Sound like the English media to I'd pick someone up. Yeah, well, there we go. So I think he's an outstanding candidate. And then um, obviously Alan Wynne Jones as well, who did captain the Lions in the last test, didn't he, over in Australia. You know, so I started with two. I've got to four. Um, and if you're a coach, you end up. I've with stopped that. writing them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My two main contenders are Warburton and, and, and Hartley. Yeah, two outsiders are probably that uh, Wynne Jones and Atoji. I was in in New Zealand in 2005 when the the Lions toured, and the crowds, the 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 supporters that came with the Lions were incredible. Like it was a hell of a good piss up. It was a really really good. You couldn't get into clubs anywhere. For the Lions players, is it? What kind of a tour is it? Is it a World Cup tour where you're solely focused on the end goal and you cannot enjoy the experience too much or you'll come under too much scrutiny? Or is it something that you can actually sort of enjoy and go along for the ride a little bit? You're asking me? Uh, <laughs> what do you specialist. know? Yeah, Lions Specialist. Well, actually, I was, I was on standby for the 05 Lions tour. I've got, a letter, I've got a letter at home that says I am on the standby list. Um, that's as close as I got. Luckily... In hindsight, I didn't make that tour because it was an absolute shambles run by Clive Woodward in terms of picking two squads, having them at different ends of the country, and that's not what the Lions is about. What the Lions is about is bonding as quickly as you can, you know, over a beer, getting to know each other because you don't get to know know each other on the training field. You know, you can put all the hard yards in. Mm. Some of the team building exercises, like you know, build some crates and make a wall and all that stuff, that doesn't work. No one wants to do that. Trust exercises. Yeah, I'm going to fall in. You close your eyes and let me catch you. Yeah, all that, you know. Does that work on a short space time? No. What works is going out for a beer, getting to know each other and, and breaking down those barriers of an Englishman, an Irishman, a Scotsman walking to a pub. The Welshman wasn't invited. No, you can, I mean, there's, there's, you know, four nations, go for a beer, go for a few beers. Eddie Jones promoted it, didn't he, with his New England squad when he took over. Stuart Lancaster was dead against it. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying everyone should be an alcoholic, but I think you need to have some team socials and get out and have a few beers together because that sort of lowers the the boundaries that you've got between each country and I think that you know that's a that's a way to go. Certainly last time we went to New Zealand, Clive would have got it massively wrong and having two squads in different parts of the country Do you think this didn't work. I mean he had a hell of a management team behind him. Do you think maybe he could have done with a uh some sort of social management, maybe Andy Good on there to get get them out uh <laughs> I think that's, beers. The, that, that's the only way I'll ever get on a Lions tour. <laughs> social manager just to get out on the beers, yeah. That's a good idea, actually. We actually had a head of social on our uni rugby team, and they were responsible for getting everyone together, making sure that people committed to the nights out. And and did he play? I think he was on a subs bench, the guy that there was... There you go, that suits me down to the ground. So there you go. Let's sort that out. There we go. Warren, if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> there has been a little bit of a press around you. You're not, you're not on Facebook, are you? No, not a Facebooker. That's what you say. Mm. But I've seen a page which has you written all over it, literally. <laughs> Um, and Fred's got a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's called Andy Good for the Lions 2017. You haven't heard of it? Uh, I've been sent the link. You you ma- he, made it. It. <laughs> he made it. He made it. I've been sent the link and I work on it daily, but no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I've heard about it. And uh, yes, it's a bit of comedy genius. Um, it's probably the closest I'll ever get to being on a Lions tour. Although, no, God, no, I, can, I, can, I can talk about social sex. I mean, get me in there. It sounds good. Well, it's gaining a bit of momentum. So it's up to, I think, six or 7,000 followers now. Is it really? So they're, uh, yeah, they're clamouring for Andy Good. They've all got the same body shape as me. Terrible neck, terrible hair. Just love a beer. My sort of people. Let's start an official Andy Good Lions tour package. Supporters tour package. Well, that's something that I think the Facebook group would be interested to get (laughs) on. I think so. Let's let's pitch it to them. You just booked a trip to... Uh, New Zealand there, Gary. But last week uh, during the podcast, you mentioned that the global season should adhere to the Northern Hemisphere, as, as you said yourself, because well, we invented the game. You were trolling. So, <laughs> so that went down. That went down really well with some people, <laughs> and not so well with others. Okay. So the New Zealanders, being the sensitive souls that they are, they um, yeah, so, yeah, it's the only way to describe it. But um, it just it all went a little bit nuts. So basically, it started off with this guy from the Andy Goo tribute page posting it saying. 
truth. Um, and he posted a video of it as well. It was a meme. So it was basically you saying that followed by Snoop Dogg. Um, there we go. It's a pretty good video. Good link. Um, so anyway, then someone posted a comment saying, how thick are people? If Andy Good were a New Zealander, then Dan Carter would never have even got a start. Exactly so. And then it just kicked off. That's when it started. <laughs> so it led to a bit of a backlash from the Kiwis and a lot of back and forth comparing your qualities and, and the traits of the great DC. And yeah, some of it's probably not fit for this podcast. But then Rugby Onslaught, another great page, picked it up and they leapt to your defence. So they pretty much just shut down the whole discussion with a, a meme. And if you've seen if you've seen this, no, it's uh, it's pretty funny. Let's try and let's try and get it up. Okay, so basically. They, they left your defence and said, no, Andy Good is significantly better in DC. And they, they came up with a few points and a few facts. Um, so they started off with this fact here, whereby Andy Good has scored 2,114 points in the Premiership. Carter scored none. Fact. You it can't is, argue with facts, yeah. can you? Goody's won 17 caps for England. Carter's won none. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> Goody's played at six different clubs on three different continents. Carter just two. There we go. It's slatty. Well, it is. Goody's performed despite being overweight, while Carter's been in the shape of his life, his entire life. So he's not even testing himself, is he? He's a cheat. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, Carter's been paid an absolute fortune, which just makes him greedy. Uh, It makes him a very rich man, probably. Uh, Now, listen, DC, do you know what? People probably judge him just as a rugby player. Um, and it's you know obviously he's a phenomenal talent. He's his record speaks for itself. He's good looking, squeaky clean. Apparently, <laughs> um, you know plays unbelievably well. But what I know and what I do love about Dan Carter is he likes a beer just as much as anyone else. Um, and how he can drink as much as he can drink at times. And there's some good stories on that. Maybe not ready for this podcast yet, and still be in that shape. I just tip my hat to him. It's amazing. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. So there's a there's a wee teaser for maybe a show to come. So keep listening because Andy (laughs) Good has got got some beer chat on Dan Carter. Wow, there's some good stories. Um, we're gonna go to the news now. We've got our news guy Andy McNair in here, and um, we want to find out what's been going on around the world because I don't watch the Aviva Premiership. Why is that? Because you're a Kiwi, or well, yeah, maybe. (laughs) But I just best league in the world. But if I go, if I go. you watch, you watch the Super Touch series, though, don't you? I watch Super Rugby. Super Touch. You failed it. No, I, I didn't fail. I, I, I watched you failed I, it. Um, I, I, I watched the, um Well, you're not still in it, are you? No. How, how long do you... Where are your records? Season. I did a season. Did you a season. did a season. And then, yeah, so you failed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I watched, I watched, the, I watched the, the All Blacks play, of course, and then, um, and then it's hard to go from that into the Aviva Premiership when I've, where I've got nothing riding on it. I've got, I've got no interest in it. But it's hard enough the, going the, from the All Blacks to watch the Wallabies and, and the Springboks. It's just a classic Kiwi, isn't it? Just, mm, we're know, the best. We're the greatest. You know, no and one else. Nothing else. Well, what else did you guys see? Today. What did you see when you saw that game? Like, did you not see Which what game? the the All Blacks versus Argentina? I saw hope. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Hope I for saw, what? Hope for everyone. The end of a dynasty. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm starting to sound arrogant now. I'm not arrogant, but I, I, about the New Zealanders. But I mean, I'm, I'm realistic. That team is. It's phenomenal. It's, it's it ridiculous. actually is. They haven't played England yet, but um, it is phenomenal. And you know, when when you go around New Zealanders and, and find out like what they want to see from the game, they they want to see the All Blacks tested. They want to see they want to see a good game. And I think the Argentinians, they God, they played well in that first fifty minutes. Of all the games the All Blacks have played recently, the Argentinians came closest to testing them. Wales did for one test, first test, I think it was. Um, uh, Aussies are a joke at the minute. And I say that with a smile on my face. They got a bit better. They beat South Africa. Well done. Um, but Argentinians, the way they're playing, they've developed their game without necessarily having much competitive rugby for, you know, it's the first year they've been in the, the super, super, rugby. super Rugby tournament as mm. well. And it's just a credit to the whole union. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can continue to improve and, and um, you yeah, know, really challenge. It'd be a great fixture when they come to Twickenham in November as well. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Uh, back to the Premiership. Um, I mean, it's unsurprising that Saris are clear at the top of the, the league. You know, Saracens are in the Premiership, what the All Blacks are in World Rugby. So dominant, I can't see a real weakness in them. The scrum maybe, but... Um, and Saracens were just immense. And again, Exeter looked a little bit devoid of ideas at times. And I don't think that's an issue for Exeter. I think that's just the brilliance of Saracens in their defence. Even our mate Jim uh, got another turnover from a penalty. And I don't know if any, any of you saw the game. He got a, a, a rock turnover, won the penalty, 
loads of the Saracens boys charge into the rock to celebrate because they couldn't believe A, he was on the field, but B, he actually won himself his team a penalty. And then JP Dore, the ref, turns around to Brad Barrett, takes him to one side and says, I'm not having that. I'm not having all the boys running and celebrate while there's next to player in the ruck, which I thought was a bit silly because it's uh, the only time Jim will get to start again this year, I think. Um, Alistair Hargreaves actually tweeted over the weekend, it concerns me that JP Doyle deems celebrating a Saracens turnover against the spirit of the game. Get on with your job. Yeah, strong but agreeable. I think they were just celebrating the fact that Jim Hamilton was on the pitch. He wasn't normally... Normally he's cleaning Mara Toji's boots or, or George Cruz's boots or... Even now, Hargreaves boots for that reason. But he he played well, Jim. Credit to him. But yeah, JP Doyle, that was... If you're going in and rubbing people's heads and slapping the opposition, he's got a point, but none of them did that. Um, they were just celebrating a good Yeah, play. they were. Anyone that you think that could possibly, as an outsider, force, uh, force their way into a Lions jersey that hasn't played international rugby? Was that just... Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, no, there's always, there's always a couple, isn't there? So you think Keith Earls are the... Was it what year was it? Uh, yeah, South Africa. Yeah, yeah two thousand nine tour. He ended um, up having a disaster on tour, but, but he came from nowhere, didn't he? he? Um, I'm trying to think who was. Yeah, Tom Cord last. Tom Cord was on holidays in Australia. Yeah, and just and so was Simon Zebo, wasn't so, he? Yeah. And Shane Williams was on holiday, wasn't he? He was working yeah. in the media in yeah. Australia. I think he was doing Talksport uh, and got called up late. So anyone that out there, any broadcaster out there that wants an overweight fly half. Uh, You're going to be in New Zealand. Just in case someone goes down. <laughs> there you go. There's another way to get on a Lions tour. Um, who stood out? I mean, Billy Vanapola in the Premiership has been huge. I suppose the one guy that you wouldn't... You go, well, I don't like talking about the Pro 12. It's not a great league. You're going to say Tommy Seymour. I'm going to say Tommy Seymour. Four tries at the weekend. He's been Scotland's first choice winger for three, four years now, has he? Four tries against Leinster. Um, he could be an outside bet. I watched that game. He was phenomenal. And Leinster have the toughest defence. Last year, they conceded the least amount of tries in the whole Pro 12. But they've just employed Stuart Lancaster as defence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Jim's going to dial in now. Oh, is yeah, it oh, we're get Jim on. Is it Jim? Is Jim there now? Jim, Hello? where where have you been? Where, where the hell are you? Mate, I'm sat in my car. In my car. car park outside the train station. Mm. Why, why aren't you here? Why are you, why are you sitting in your car? What, what happened? Well, you don't want the gory details, but someone loved them themselves in front of a train. Yeah, no, that's right. We don't want any more details on that. We were actually we were just talking about the the lions, um, and yeah, I heard that. Um, did oh, have you you've been listening in? Yeah, I was listening to what they were saying, and the minute uh, Goody said that Gatlin wanted people to believe, I believe Gats. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you do, Jim. <laughs> of course. And you don't see me yesterday, I was flying. Yeah, t- talk to me about the game. I didn't see much of you, to be honest. Well, you didn't see much of me, you didn't see me four turnovers. There we go, I knew he'd see me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, it was your fault that JP Doyle uh, called over um, Brad Barrett and, and, and had a go at Brad and, and all the Saracens players for celebrating your penalty, wasn't it? Was it your penalty that, that you won? Yeah, yeah, well, see, I didn't know that until I watched it back. No, no, boys, I the boys all ran it, apparently I heard. The boys all ran in because they couldn't believe it. A, you're actually on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but B, you, you won another penalty. And you were like, that's what I did in the final, boys. That's what won us the game. P. Doyle was, um, came up to me after the game and apologised and just said that he was worried about you know the player on the floor and stuff like that and that we shouldn't be kind of mocking him. But that wasn't the case. I mean, I think it was just a misunderstanding, really. We are just celebrating good things. And that was a good thing. So it was a good win for us. Obviously, to go down to Exeter, we were the last team to win there. But I think we won comfortably and, yeah, it's obviously a good day for us, to be fair. And how was the night, Jim? How was the night? Wild, mate. How was we the well? Swinging off bars in Cheltenham. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Crazy, mate. Did you um, go, talk to me about the well. No, it wasn't, mate. It was quiet. So, Jim, we've got a, uh, we've got a question from uh, a young lad named Jamie George. Uh, he says, just ask Jim how the well is. How the well is. See, that's an old, it's an old saying. The well is empty, the well is overflowing. But generally what happens, you come bounding in on a Monday morning if you've not played, you've had a good weekend, and your well is overflowing. Get a few sessions down, you're scrummaging some more in, and the well is empty. So by the end of the season, the well is empty. At the beginning of the season, the well is full. So after yesterday's game, the well was empty. It basically means that you've left it all out there, and there's nothing left in the well to give. Yeah, there's only 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 so many times you can go to the well. There is only so many times. You, you didn't go much last year. Sat on the bench a lot of the time, but it's good, mate, good to see you starting again. Twenty-five games. Actually, <laughs> time. Integral part, they said. <laughs> that winning penalty still right. That one in the league. 
mate, exactly. I, could li- I think I could live on that forever. No, I'm a bit sore today. A bit sore after the game, I'll be honest. And the head's all right? You had a few beers last night? In no, Chatham? I didn't have any. No, I was saying that it was a, it was a wild night, but literally I got home and had a bag of crisps and watched X Factor. Rock, rock and roll, mate. Big game this week, mate. Six-day turnaround against Northampton. So we go again. Back to the well, is it? Back to the well again, mate. Well, <laughs> maybe not. If George is back. What's no, up with it? Won't. Injured or? I just... Twinge is back, I reckon. He's soft, though, George's. You tell him that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, my, back's, my, my back's been twinged for the last two years. You just, mate, you just keep going till the cows come out, don't you? Yeah, well, that's why I just run around so upright, like a giraffe. <laughs> nice. So yeah. We've got Steve Hansen coming up in a couple of minutes. Um, we've been told to call him 7.30 on the dot. Yeah, 7.30 on the dot, because it's 6.30am New Zealand time, so... But he could be quite prickly by the sounds of it, so have you guys ever had any interactions with him, or...? You spoken with him before, Goody? Uh, no, I mean, no, I actually have never. He probably wouldn't even know who I am, to be honest. I've I've interviewed him once in the mix zone after a Rugby World Cup game in Hamilton, where we just flogged Japan, and I can't remember what I said, but I remember him just giving me a look and just walking away. Just just walked away. <laughs> Drop the mic, gone. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, as in, what, what do you know about rugby? Like, what? Why are you? He has, to me? he has got a point. Yeah, I don't. I don't pretend to be an expert. Just no. a little bit of an enthusiast. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I've got an all black poster on my wall, and that's where it stops. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on there? Jonah. Yeah, Jonah's on there. Yeah, Jonah uh, Lomu Rugby. Best rugby game has ever been. Oh man, do you remember that? Yeah, PlayStation. Slight home on the wing. Yeah, slight the homer. He was going. Slight the homer. <laughs> oh, I had the Japanese version. Yeah, that was it. Hey, you know the rugby games. You know the rugby games that are out? Yeah. So this is a true story. Oh, Am I be. live on air still? Yeah. What is this going on? Yeah, so I may as well say it. So all the rugby games have been rubbish, obviously. Scrum cap, socks pulled up, that ain't me. <laughs> so we were at a thing for Scotland a couple of years ago, and the EA Sports guys came, and I speak to this guy, I said, look, mate, I'm rubbish at these games. You need to sort it out. So last year, the game that they brought out, I promise you now, I'm the best player on the whole game. So, <laughs> that is a lie. If you look at it, have a look. Have a look at it. So all my stats are like 96, including running. The kicking's a bit low. It's about 76. <laughs> but I'm the best player on the whole game. So the guy's obviously done it for a complete crack. But that's the only computer game I'm keeping. So what's that EA 16? Uh, is it EA 16? or it's the, uh, Rugby Challenge is another one. Rugby Challenge, that's the one. Nothing will ever be as good as Jonah Lomi. No. No. Well, it was a commentary as well. It's yeah. Bill McLaren doing yeah. that. What, digging, digging like a, like a demented moor. Is that a good accent? <laughs> yeah. That's a huge Gary Owen. We didn't know what Gary Owen was in New Zealand until Jonah Lomi rugby. What do you call them? Up and a bomb. Can't say that. A anymore, bomb. Can you? Yeah, you can't. That's it. That's can't that. We can in New Zealand because it's New Zealand. But <laughs> yeah, no, Gary Owen. Never knew. Never knew what a Gary Owen was. There we go. Until Jonah Lomi rugby. Yeah, so we've got Steve Hansen coming up shortly. How have we got this? So I used to work for Radio Sports. So I've got, well, I wouldn't say I'm friends with him, but I've got a relationship with him. I just emailed him. people, right? Uh, <laughs> he's on a small place. So. <laughs> 6.30 in the morning. He's having a full English, isn't he? He's down Weatherspoons. You have Weatherspoons? Hi, Steve. It's uh, Andy Rowe calling from the Rugby Pod podcast. Just uh, thank you very much, first of all, for uh, talking to us and, and giving us the time. I know it's early in the in the day over in New Zealand, six thirty in the morning. <laughs> I'll I'll just quickly go around the room and, and let you know who we've got who we've got in the room. We've got Andy McNair, who's our yeah. news guy. We've got Andy Good. Do you remember Andy Good? Yeah, I remember him. And we've got Fred, who's the the boss of the uh, the rugby pod. And uh, Jim Hamilton is on the other line. I'm not sure if he can hear you. Can you can you hear? Steve, Jim? I can't hear Steve, yeah. Very good. Hello, so hello. quickly, quickly, Steve, um, just another convincing performance by your side over the weekend. Um, you must be pretty happy with the way things are going. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you, know, it's, um, you know, Argentina, they're, they're a good side. And the scary thing is they're only going to get better. And that's probably a product of being in the rugby championship. And whilst the scoreline might look a little bit lopsided on face value it, it doesn't truly tell you how competitive those blokes were for 50 to 60 minutes and as soon as they can create some depth like, like we have and have a bench that matches the starting 15 in terms of quality and execution and energy well the rest of us better watch out because they will be a force in world rugby mark my words they've, they've truly got some special players they 
they just need more of them. Was there ever a moment where you thought uh, maybe the Pumas might get it over you there? No, no. What what they did was, I like to call it predictably unpredictable in that they like to fling the ball around a bit and they, they'd try and scare you with some pop passes and some cutbacks. But, you know, as I say, they they run out of steam eventually because well, they, they just don't have the quality across the 23. So as long as we were able to soak up that initial barrage, which we did, I knew that we were going to be comfortable in the end. Steve Undergood here. Thanks for, for coming on. Um, just a quick question. Obviously, post-World Cup, um, again, congrats for that. We, we can only say well done. Um, Post-World Cup, you lose Carter, McCaw and, and Mia Lama and all the experience you do. And you bring in this new wave, these new wave of players and uh, the standards have gone up. Where do you see, obviously coaches analyse their team the whole time, where do you see any work-ons or weaknesses for the All Blacks at the minute? Because from this side of, of the world, we don't see any. Um, and obviously with the Lions coming up, um, you know, we need to find a little chink of light somewhere with a hope to, to be competitive and, and try and uh, try and beat you. Yeah, well, good luck with that, old son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, you know, we're, we're always we're always working on everything. There's there's not one thing that we we look at and say, well, the lineout's a little bit sketchy, or we're we're not as dominant in the scrum, or you know, the catch, pass, kick, all that sort of carry on. We we're constantly working because if we if we stand still, then the rest of the world goes past us. So there's there's nothing that we're not looking at if that makes sense. Um, yeah, to answer your question, we're we're not the perfect team. I'm not saying that we are, uh, but yeah, good luck trying to find that chink in the armour. Because um, <laughs> when when the Lions do come down here, we. And, and all the other Super Rugby franchises are going to give them a bit of a hurry-up, let me tell you. And we've got Jim Hamilton on the other line, uh, Steve. Um, Jim, do you have any questions you you want to put to Steve Hansen? Well, I was just interested to know. Like, Obviously, we look at um, New Zealand. A lot of us look at like the Super 15. And even in the Premiership, and when we go into European, it's a lot of clips will get drawn up of the Super 15. Obviously, New Zealand especially, especially of late, in the uh, the last couple of games they played against Australia, are we ever analysed that you know is the Premiership have shown there? Obviously, Saracens have had a successful couple of years. Is it anything that you look at, uh, analyse any of our teams here, and, and pick up things from? Well, the, yeah, the, the primary focus is always from within. So while we do pay attention to other competitions and the other teams around the world, we we like to look at ourselves and make sure that when our competitions are strong, then we're going to be stronger than the other teams around the world, if, if that makes sense. So, I mean, when we take Super Rugby, for example, whilst, uh, you know, it might be considered slightly weaker across the other countries, South Africa and, and Australia and the like, our conference is super strong. I mean, the, the Blues, they finished last in the New Zealand conference this year, but most likely they could have topped the Australian one if they were in it. And we had four teams in the last eight. The Hurricanes won the comp without even conceding a try through the entire final series. And and so when when we know that we're strong, we we don't really have to pay too much attention to what's going on abroad because, well, we know, we know we're better than you both. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Obviously, um, with the Lions coming over... Um, they're going to be led by a Kiwi in uh, in Warren Gatland. Uh, there might be a Kiwi captain as well. I say he's an Englishman, but he's from New Zealand and Dylan Hartley. Um, and uh, obviously, Falatau and and Vunipola. How is uh, how is Warren going to be um, accepted over there as the Lions coach and, and welcomed into the country? And will he get a load of abuse or will he be welcomed with open arms? Well, Gats is a good bloke, and so it's, it's never in question that he'll he'll be accepted. Uh, with open arms, uh, you know he's he's a he's a good Waikato guy. Uh, a lot of supporters back here, and uh, you know, he's. I guess the the main thing is he's, he's not a dick. So um, you know people back here still love him, even though he's chosen to fly his trade overseas. And you know that's that's what Kiwis do. You know, there's limited jobs in this country, so 
they end up going abroad and, and flying their trade in, in places like Wales and Scotland and, and the like. And, and they hope that that experience offshore will eventually pay dividends and they'll get back in the country and pick up a, a job at a super franchise or MPC or maybe even start working with me in the All Blacks. So it's, it's an exciting time. Uh, to, to have Gats coming over and um, I, I can't wait to see what he's got up his sleeve and and if he can tip us up. Well, thank you very much for um, for taking the time to, to chat with us. Uh, do you, um, Jim, do you have any more questions from your end, mate? No, no, no. no. It's just awesome listening to you know, Steve and how successful they've been. It's uh... It's, uh, it's good, so appreciate him coming on. One thing I will say, Steve, mm. just before you go, and obviously um, winning the World Cup last time uh, and before that, obviously, under Graham Henry as well, you both learnt your trade in Wales, didn't you? And I hate, as an Englishman, I hate saying that. I say you didn't learn your trade, but obviously you spent time over here with the Wales squad. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, uh, in, in, in hope and everything. I'm hoping Warren Gatlin can take his Wales good luck from, from you guys that have won the World Cup and take over the Lions over there and, and come away with a victory. Um, you still got a, yeah. a, a soft touch for Wales, uh, having spent some time over here. Well, yeah, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was uh, when I when I was told that I was going to be talking to you, Blake. So I did a little bit of research, and um, and I know that you you said that uh, you know New Zealand coaches they they come to the UK, but quite often they don't adapt and they end up being failures. And I was I was just interested in, in that. <laughs> Because what, what what is your definition of a failure? Because uh, you know it's an interesting term that one. Graham Henry he coached in the UK and 2011 World Cup he wins it. I, I coached in the UK. I've won a rugby World Cup, so Kiwis don't do too badly now, do we? No, you, you know, don't. You don't. And, and to Graham a failure. I may I may have been taken out of context. When, what my my, my point, and, Steve, and was. When I look in the mirror, I don't see a failure staring back at me. <laughs> what do you see, Goody? No, I, well, I, I, I see... Mr. Blobby from Mole's house party. Yeah, what I see about myself is a is a happy-go-lucky guy that's put on a bit of weight, likes a beer. But um, <laughs> um, no, listen, yeah, my, what's my point... What's going on with that lid, son? Yeah, it's been, it was growing back. He's coming back strong. Um, I've taken I some from the back and put it from the to the front. Um, oh, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. You don't mind a beer the yeah, size of you as well, do you? You probably did a first five, didn't you? Yeah, well, I tried to. I tried to. Yeah, just a me- directing a side around the park. I mean, you can direct me to the buffet, old son. <laughs> well, no, you, that's because you're first there, I think. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, and look, look at the state of me. I know my way to it. <laughs> yeah, now, my, my point was, in my defence, was there's been a fair few New Zealand coaches that have come to the Premiership, and I just said the Premiership. Um, and that's what I meant in terms no, of, and haven't been as successful. Brewer wasn't particularly successful at Sale, and obviously Buck Shelford uh, in my time at Saracens, um, and uh, Tom Coventry last year at Irish, and they're all fantastic coaches when they're right. My point was there's a difference between coaching in New Zealand and the, the New Zealand way, and understanding the Premiership. But I'll take my um, I'll take my my abuse from you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to I was just trying to stick it to you. I like you it. Know, I can't forget I, I can't forget someone who hung out uh, DC to dry. You know Dan Carter. Yeah, he's a protected species in he this is. country, just like Richie. You mess with him, and you mess with the whole country. <laughs> yeah, you, I know. You become public enemy number one. Oh, I know, so, I know. I got him just once. Ask I caught Craig Cooper. Yeah, just ask Craig Cooper how much he likes New Zealand. Very true, very true. I don't think he's born and bred there, wasn't he? He he doesn't like it. He gets a lot uh, of stick there. Yeah, he, he ran away because he couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. All right, yeah. Steve. Uh, uh, Jim. Bef- I need to say something to you, Jim, because you threw my old mate Vern under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know what to tell you about that rabbit just, story. Yeah, Vern rang me, mate. Vern rang me, and he was not happy. But he said that. Oh, but he um, wasn't. Yeah, so I've told him if he, if he picks me again for Scotland. Yeah, if he picks me again for Scotland, I'll take it back. So I'm just waiting for that. <laughs> Went for the cool, got, Jim. It must be a cultural thing because. Uh, if you did that here in New Zealand, you'd be a national hero because rabbits rabbit are a pest. <laughs> uh, we've had I'm, some front page headlines. I'm twenty-two taking pot shots at the bastards. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, not in Scotland. It's not allowed. <laughs> You're in France, right? Well, you, you put them up on a pedestal or something. Exactly. No comment. I'm not allowed to comment. Vern said. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Steve. Love your humour as well. It's good to see uh, an absolute. Legend of a coach that's the current world champion and, and, and going so well. You've also got a brilliant sense of humour and abusing two well, very you average rugby players. Too seriously, no, though, I like it. You? I like it. Good man. Thanks for coming. Thanks a lot, boys. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Cheers Steve. Steve.
Oh, you, can we can we get him back on for a quick, quick second just to say thanks for stuff here? Yeah, yeah. What a good bloke. Yeah, mm. come on. Bloody English, bloody palms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steve. Um, sorry, we just cut you off there. Um, just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on here, mate. Appreciate that, and um, and good luck for the season. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. I also just wanted to say to um, to, to Jim and to Andy Good um, that it's actually uh, my friend Goran, uh, a friend of mine from back in New Zealand, <laughs> that's that? just been chatting to you, pretending to be Steve Hansen having you on. Oh, wow. He's a pundit. Are you taking the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy that? It was pretty insightful stuff, wasn't it? That was, that was good. It actually probably sounded as if he would sound. You um, want to have seen how red Andy Good's face was whenever he was giving you good. Are you taking the bet? Jim, Jim, how are you getting on over there, mate? Well, mate, I'm sat in a bloody car park, mate, um, like wondering what the hell's going on. Was that Steve or not? No, no. it's not Steve Hansen. It's my friend <laughs> Goran Paladin uh, from a Radio yeah. Sport in New Zealand. That is a hell of an impression. Oh, you got me up out of bed at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Oh, mate, that was outstanding. Yeah, so um, he he does a lot of uh, Coach Steve impersonations for for Radio Sport, yeah. and it's a, it's a regular feature in New Zealand. Um, Goran, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, you should have seen the the bead of sweat that was dripping down Andy Good's face. <laughs> I'm like amazed that Steve Hansen could come at me about getting to the buffet quicker than him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that. To be fair. No, I can't believe you said yeah. that he listened to the show. I was like, Steve, you've been listening in, mate. He's done it? some research, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, he's a well-researched man, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good man. Thanks, Goran. Appreciate Cheers, it, mate. Cheers, buddy. No worries. See you time, Andy. Good Catch man. you guys later. Cheers, mate. Pick up. What a ledge. Bye. Oh, wow. That he, was funny. He, just to give you a bit of background, we came across him. Well, Andy told us about him, but then we looked him up, and he does a prank call on TJ Pernara. And yeah, you've just... got, got to go online and have a look at uh, Coach Steve pranking TJ Perinara. Oh, really? Brilliant. He calls him up and he um, he starts off quite seriously as he did with us, saying, yeah, can you do a press conference with me next week? And then it slowly gets weirder. He starts asking him for cash. He says, like, his paycheck hasn't arrived. Any chance he could borrow for $400 off him? And what does TJ say? Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Sure, Shaq. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Oh, wow. So, just, it... when, just when Perinara first made the All Blacks as well, so he's... Doing anything, and he's set up by Corey Jane. So the All Blacks fall. The All Blacks fall for this guy. Yeah. So don't feel too bad about it. That's all right. No, he sounded good. He's, uh, it was like Haskell the other week. He was dead serious about offering me advice on fitness and food, and don't do abs. Don't worry about that. You don't need abs. Don't worry about the ball cut. You know, just just listen to this. And you just get hooked in, don't yeah. you? Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there we go. There's a stitch up. <laughs> Very never, good. What I have learned: never trust a kiwi. There we go. <laughs> We owe them, Goody. We owe them, mate. We do. So let's look at um, the Filthy 15. Last week we named our first prop in the Filthy 15. Alan Jacobson, also known as Chunk, was the first man to be selected. This week, uh, Goody and Jim will each name a hooker who they think will add the most value off the park, perhaps in the pub, perhaps in the bus. Um, And after Jim and uh, Goody have each put their case forward for why each player should be in the Filthy 15, um, the rest of us will vote on who we think is is the filthiest. So first of all, we'll go to you, Jim. Have you have you got someone that you you want to put forward for the filthy fifteen at hooker? Yeah, I do. Um, Goody might not agree, and he might agree. I don't know, but I am going to go Richard Cockrell. Believe it or not. Oh, Jim, climb out, yeah, mate. Climb mate, out. I was, I was thinking about it. You hated him at Leicester. Yeah, but there might be a job there next year. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't hate him at Leicester. He sorted me out. Cockers was awesome. Mate, loved the scrap. He was good. He looked after the young lads, mate, on the pitch. Now, he couldn't fight to save his life, so he made us look good. So I put him in at hooker, I think. I did think about George Shooter because he's a bit weird, especially on the beers. <laughs> Loves wearing cowboy boots and smoking cigars, but Cockers sorted me out, mate. And if he's coaching next year, he might get me in. So Jim has chosen Richard Cockerell for his uh, hooker, Filthy 15. Andy Good. You can't have Richard Cockerell in it because... He annoys more people than he gets on with. Um, and Jim, truthfully, did not like him. They didn't get on. He used to row. And he says he was good to the young kids. No, he wasn't. Anyway, Cockers, is, he's mellowed out a bit over time and he's changed as a bloke. Um, yeah, he always used to throw the first punch, start a fight, roll into a ball and and then uh, you know everyone else would be fighting and realise that they're fighting over Cockers and just stopped. So, um, yeah. No, my, my, uh, my hooker for the, the filthy, filthy 15... It's going to be John Schmidt. 
Uh, obviously, Southgate, World Cup winning captain. Um, and, a legend. Uh, yeah, absolute legend. And I'll tell you why he's a legend in my eyes. Not because of being the Southgate World Cup winning captain of 07. Um, you know, not because of he's got 100 odd caps for South Africa or however many he's got. I'll never forget, I went on uh, to uh, sign for the, the Sharks to play Super Rugby, Super 15 at the time it was called. Um, it's now Super Touch, Super Rugby, Super. No one tackles. Um, anyway, so I go down to fly out to meet the, the squad in uh, in Christchurch. Um, and uh, I got there on like the Wednesday. We were playing the Crusaders on the Friday. I was on the, on the bench. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Crusaders at the time were the best team in the competition. We lose. There was McCaw and, and Carter. I came on for 10 minutes. Uh, Dan Carter steps inside me. High tackle him, yellow yeah. card. It lasted, my debut lasted for uh, not very long at all. Anyway... We then, uh, so that was the first week done. I'd been there three days, didn't really know where I was, jet lag, getting to know teammates. The next day we fly, so Saturday morning we wake up, we fly to um, to, to Sydney. We're then playing, the next week we're playing the Waratahs, the week after we're playing the Brumbies. And we've checked in to uh, fly to Sydney land, obviously go to the hotel. We checked into the, um, the hotel on Manly Beach. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, it's not a great start to my Super Rugby career for the Sharks. Got came on for... Ten minutes got yellow carded pretty much straight away. Um, in Sydney, we got Saturday and Sunday off. Um, John Schmidt ushers the coaches off the bus, um, and he says, "Right, gets to the front of the bus, gets the microphone, says, right, lads, we're um, we didn't do very well last night. I think we lost thirty odd ten or something like that.'" He said, uh, "Only one thing to do today. Let's have an all dayer. The sun's out. We're on Manly Beach. Let's find a bar. Let's get on the smash." I was like that. There's me flying from the other side of the world, being a little bit overweight, a little bit of an unfashionable Southern Hemisphere fly-off. And John Schmidt, who was the World Cup winning captain at the time, wants to go on an all day. I can be your best friend. So I'm thinking, <laughs> that's me. I can do it. You know, One thing I can do, I can't, couldn't run, couldn't play rugby very well, but I could drink. Um, so anyway, so John Schmidt gets the front. He says, right, stick your bags in the room. Um, you know, We've got a team meal out tonight at 7 o'clock, but we're meeting in this bar at, at 12.30 and we're going to get on it. So, uh, you know, dumped the bags and I'm like an excited little kid. Got to Sydney, it's 30 degrees. Um, you know, starting the all day, end up with John by his side, pint for pint all day. Having a great time. Stephen, um, Stephen Sykes, second row as well, he was there. There was Kankowski, loads of, loads of uh, guys that you think as an Englishman going there, they're all highly tuned athletes playing at the speed they play at. I worked out that because no one tackles, you can play at that speed. Um <laughs> So uh, I continued in that vein, didn't tackle either. But we have the all day, we go out for dinner. Um, you know, we get in at three in the morning, absolutely blottoed. Um, and, uh, you know, great night. I'm sharing with Rory Cockett, who doesn't drink, which was a bit unfortunate. Um, polar opposites to me. Uh, anyway, so, you know, in bed three o'clock. Horrible hangover in the morning, wake up Sunday about 11 o'clock. Um, go down for some food to the team room. John Schmidt's there again, isn't he? He says, right, who wants to do day two again? We're only training. We've only got weights tomorrow morning. He's like, Sunday, sun's out. No families, no kids, no nothing. Let's go again. So six of us went on the on the, on the smash again the next day. All day, back-to-back all dayers. And I'm thinking, I've come over here thinking this is going to be a real tough rugby stint. And the rugby was amazing. The training was amazing. Loved everything about it. But the drinking culture that you didn't expect was phenomenal. Um, so I fitted in quite well. Went on the all dayer again. Um, and uh, you know he led the charge, and for someone that is supposed to be leading the the heights of South African rugby and setting the standards, he certainly did set the standards in the bar. So, a man from my own heart um, got on very well with him. Uh, had many many a drink with him over the time that I was in South Africa, and that's why he makes my filthy fifteen back to back all days. It sounds like you could be tipping him for captain of the filthy fifteen. That's a great shout as well, actually. It's an well, early shout. There you go. I, I think yeah, if we go around the, the room end. quickly, does anyone vote uh, for Richard Cockle or John Smith? <laughs> Put him on the bench. So, so John Smith is is straight into the filthy 15, and it's going to be a hell of a job for someone to overtake him as captain, I would have thought. That's it, yes. What a man. A legend. Oh, and I, it, it, I, I was gobsmacked by the fact that two days back-to-back. I couldn't do it now if I tried. Two all-dayers back-to-back. Um, but it was, uh, it was good fun. Sun was out. What a there was no, there was no tops off though. That was the only disappointing thing. No tops off. No nah. tops on. So you couldn't get the rig out. Well, that, well, that's where John and I fit in together. We've got the same body shape, I think. So very good. Uh, keep the t-shirts on and drink as much as you can. That was the, <laughs> the theme for the day. Oh, you got to pick your drinking pattern as well, yeah. don't you? 
Um, staying with you, Goody. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is where you run through. Uh, what's been good, what's been bad, and what has been ugly over the last uh, week? There's been a lot of good, hasn't there? There's a lot of good stuff in the press about rugby. You know, the All Blacks again, you know, phenomenal performance in that second half. What is it, 33 points in in 30 minutes or something like that in the second half, um, ripped them to pieces. I saw a good tweet on that. It was um, when you are playing Jonah Lomu rugby against your friend and he goes to the toilet just after half time, but you keep playing. Yeah, exactly that. And Surveyor was literally Jonah Lomu, wasn't he? Great to see Julian Surveyor back on tip-top form. Um, uh, Smith at fullback, phenomenal. Um, you know, Bowden Barrett, again, great, but... Ben Smith took all the plaudits, didn't he? That combination, Barrett oh, and Smith. The, the amount of pace they've got um, between them is just ridiculous. Anyway, um, Wasp's first win at Welford Road since 2008. That's a pretty good achievement. And to get the bonus point as well, they absolutely bullied Leicester. Um, Saracen's performance uh, against Exeter down there, that was pretty phenomenal, starting two from two. But I'm going to go for the good. It's going to have to be George Ford. Um, two brilliant performances for, for Bath. New coaching setup, obviously. Todd Blackadder's come in there and Tobias Matson. Um, you know, new coaching setup. George Ford on absolute fire. World class performance against my old team, Newcastle, at the weekend. Um, the pressure of him being coached by his dad has been alleviated from him. Obviously, Mike Ford was there last year. He's got sacked. But how much, how bad was that when you were a kid and your old man was coaching you? Yeah, well, horrible. my mum was coach of our football team. What? That's... My my dad made a point out of not giving me any favourable treatment. Like he just made me play all the positions I didn't want to play. Well, that's to say, that was for Di Young, his son Thomas um, is in the back row there. Thomas has been at the club now for, this is at least his third season, and I've never seen a player so hard done by on selection and things like that. Players know when they should get picked and shouldn't get picked, and Thomas should have been picked so many times, and his dad didn't pick him because he didn't want to show him favouritism. I was like that, mate, you've got to pick him. And he's like, shut up, he's my son, I'll choose. I'm like, okay. So, um, yeah, so for, for, for George Ford to perform the way he's performing at the minute, um, yeah, breath of fresh air, his dad isn't there, whether you know whether that's a, a positive or a negative for him, his performances on the pitch are speaking volumes and uh, yeah, a, a credit to himself and a start to the season for Bath after the abysmal season they had last year. There's the good. It's the good. The bad, it's going to have to be Connacht, I think. Um, you know, Pro 12 winners last year. I don't like talking about the Pro 12 because it's a, it's a really average. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. You can put it in the bad. Um, there we go. Pro 12. No. Uh, in the bad, um, so Connacht win the league last year. Two home defeats on the spin. Um, you know, obviously, Glasgow absolutely humped them there the other, uh, last week, and then uh, the Ospreys again this week. Um, so we'll put them in the bad section. And then the ugly, the ugly is really ugly um, for the people. Anyone that saw. Uh, Grenoble against Breve at the weekend. Um, there was an absolutely monumental brawl really? um, just Unfair. before half-time. Um, huge ball. Google it. It is it's, it's unbelievable to see. But added to that, there was there was two yellow uh, sorry two red cards for Grenoble and one red for um, uh, for Breve. And you think that's going to be the end of it? And you think you know they've had their fight. Blah blah blah. It's gone. Disgusting things to see. But then. What I am going to throw in there is Mathieu Ugald, who is the brief fly half. Just Google him and Google gouging. It's the worst thing oh. I've ever seen on the rugby field. Um, it was uh, Grenoble's Armand Battle scores a try. As he's scoring the try, he's got the ball down. And Ugald, the brief fly half, fish, um, gouges him in the face. Not once, not twice. Has three or four attempts at trying to rip his eyes out. Of his, oh, what a grab. No time for it at all. Ban him for four years. Ruin his career because he's tried to blind someone he's trying to blind someone it looks horrendous um, so that's my ugly for the weekend he's probably Perfect. mates with Johan Huge. well yeah Huge and, 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 and then Franks as well he's probably they've probably all, hopefully all got the same lawyer you know what's that about as well Oh, the, the, it was a clear well, no, it wasn't because Driscoll said something and he got absolutely massacred by the New Zealand. What did Bob yeah, say? But remember the guy that he supposedly gouged came up and said it just felt like a hand across the face. Yeah, but you, you see, slow no, you but you slow it down and it looks like that. You see the footage. That's about he should have got banned. Frank should have been banned. You know, you're the only the only people that are saying it shouldn't happen. Kiwis. No, I thought it looked bad when you slow it down. I, I, I genuinely agree with you. But if a player comes out, the guy that he gouged and says, well, I don't Players aren't going to, but rugby, that's the way, that's the DNA of a rugby player. You're not going to, we're not footballers. We don't cry and moan about things. It's just like, oh, well, get on with it. It's a clear gouge. How he's did, got away with what it. What about, did anything happen to his eyes afterwards? I don't know, but 
when you slow it down, you slow whole, anything down, it looks bad. The whole, um, rug, whole of the rugby world, bar New Zealand, think he should have got banned and banned I for a long say there's time. some New Zealanders in there that, that would agree with you. And I, I agree that it does look bad when it, when it was slowing down, but I think... Um, there were, and, and O'Driscoll coming out and saying that um, New Zealanders get shown favouritism. I, mean, I don't think that's a, a, a statement you should say. I think what's happened here is uh, Sanzar, who run the tournament, who are in, in, in charge of sightings and, and banning. World Rugby couldn't get involved. Mm. Um, they weren't sanctioned to get involved, which I find crazy. Um, it just shows a, a real ugly... It leaves an ugly and sour taste in the mouth, I think. Yeah, well, Pichot um, came out afterwards Yeah, as well, Pichot said it. And he it? said, this is ridiculous. How, how do I go back to my players and say, this is fair? Yeah, when, when... yeah and I, I agree with that because it was a very similar situation. But I just, um, to to the Argentine guy, that it was during the Rugby World Cup, Yeah, it was, it? yeah. Yeah, but I, I just feel that it wasn't a, a blatant eye gouge. It was a facial and 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 I don't th- I don't think I don't think you should be able to do that. Oh, he didn't, that might be a language thing, thing, but yeah. he didn't he didn't he didn't gouge his eyes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, contact with the eye area. Um, he sh- you know as well as I do, he should have been I think sighted. It, he should have been sighted, but I don't think it's as bad as what. See, you see this one from Mathieu Gald. It's horrendous. It's the worst thing I think I've ever seen on a rugby field. The guy right scored, up there with Hugey stamping on a face. That was that was, pretty, that was pretty bad. Um, that was awful, actually, and I, I went for him the other week, didn't I, yeah. as well, because he booted someone. He tried to trip someone else. Yeah. Jesse Moggy tried to trip the other week, but he's a horrible bloke. Um, he was at it again. He had to go a Carter. Oh, late, did he? Late tackle, yeah. Did he really? Yeah. Did he really? No one touches DC. No one touches DC. It's outrageous. Who was this man? But there we go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, awful. Have a look at it. It's horrible. He needs a ban. He needs, he needs a ban for life. For that. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. I think I think we've got enough. I think we've had a good show. I think we've had a few laughs and and been informed at the same time. Thank you very Steve much, Steve Hansen. How good was that? I know, a few red faces. Gotcha. As well. <laughs> I didn't think we were doing each other. You were sold because we were... I was sitting there looking at you. And did you, you were know absolutely it? sold. We all did. We, you were so sincere with your questions and you were so sincere with your points afterwards as well. I'm just, just a consummate professional in the, in the media, you know. <laughs> yeah, you started to suck up to him at one stage. No, like, oh, oh, you got you got to say if you're gonna if you're gonna hit him with a bit of a negative, say you know what you. Weak points. Blah, blah, blah. You held your own. Jim's question was awful. Do you, <laughs> uh, do you watch Saracens and learn anything from what I reply? Do you watch me? Do you watch me play? What do you, what do you think of my game? That was his next question. Uh, I nearly said, do you know what I nearly said? When, he, when uh, your mate says, yeah, yeah, I remember Andy. I was nearly like, thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but did you hear Jim at the end? He was like, oh, it's so great to just listen to, listen to Steve Hansen on the phone. Oh, Jim, climb out. Horrible. <laughs> 